This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy the CEO of Double Bottom Trading. And we're going to give a shout out to Jackie this morning. We love you, Jackie. I don't know why. I just feel like shouting Jackie out. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how RippleNet CBDCs are now live, enabling real-time settlement between banks. As BlackRock has come out in support of crypto this week, stating tokenization will change the game forever. Fed now chair, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell says it appears that crypto is here to stay, while JP Morgan is expanding their JPM coin, now including European payments, into their system. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk could soon be meeting in the octagon, officially announcing a fight on Twitter. And with the banking system, with the banking transformation of a lifetime already underway, we break down the details, showing our listeners how central banks are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, the big news for today, it's not that Ripple CBDCs went live, it's that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg could be in the cage. But how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. All right, first of all, let me just tell you, that is the classic, classic WWE with those two, if they ever fight each other. But let me just say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love or appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. It is a happy, happy Friday to everybody. Great to see you, Abs and Billy. I'm excited to get started. Let's roll, baby. Absolutely, guys. And we got Billy joining us as well. Billy, there's a lot to get into today. But before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for making time for us. Bless, man. It's always good to be here with you guys. And I love to talk about Elon and uh, Zuckerberg there because that, bro, I hate to say it, uh, that little Twitter bird is going to get effed up for real. Unfortunately, I'm get, I'm get, I'm not taking Elon, but I will be rooting for him in that fight. And with that, and with that being said, gotta get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. We're at 4,600 followers. Go smash that follow button. Love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is up pretty significantly this week, Johnny, sitting at a 65. And last week we were at a 47, so we're climbing up here. And when we look at some of the daily bubbles, it is green across the board. We've got VeChain up 12%, Zill up 12%, and FTT up about 18%. When we check out the total coin market cap today, we are sitting at $1.16 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 45% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. And let me correct myself here. 
Bitcoin is officially above 50% dominance this morning, guys. This is some pretty big news for the markets. Bitcoin is sitting at 30,400. Ethereum, 1,900. XRP is at 49 cents. And after that news yesterday, Johnny, we tested 50 cent level of resistance and quickly came back down. But with that being said, guys, we're going to start this show with a quick reminder about what Brad Garlinghouse said a couple of weeks ago when he was in Dubai, because this case could soon be over. Well, the case against Ripple by the United States SEC started two and a half years ago. So it's certainly been a bit frustrating and slow. But the good news is we're at the end of that journey. And while others in the crypto industry might be the beginning of that journey, I, the silver lining for Ripple has been that it's we're kind of at the end. Sometime, I would say, between the next two and, let's say, six months, I expect a resolution. Uh, the judge has, the judge in the United States has been fully briefed. She has the decision on her plate. Uh, a federal judge can operate on whatever timeline, she would, in this case, she would like. Uh, but I'm optimistic we're going to see resolution, I, I believe, before the end of Q3. And, Johnny, we brought a different narrative to this entire conversation yesterday. We reminded our listeners that the FedNow system is set to go live on July 1st. But three banks within that system currently use RippleNet, and RippleNet is compatible with FedNow. So the conversation that we had is, are we going to get a ruling before July 1st? Because in order for those banks to be activated, they'd have to use the RippleNet product. What do you think, Johnny? No, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the two are tied together. It's too close. They're cutting it It way, way too close if they were going to, uh, you know, for this thing to happen. So I I totally don't see – uh, us getting a ruling within the next, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, seven days. No, I don't, I don't see that happening. But again, you know, I've been, I've been wrong before. So maybe I'm wrong again. I think we will get a ruling though, between now, you know, sometime soon and the end of, um, the end of, before the end of uh, September for the very reason we talked about whether the judge wants to go in front of Congress or not. And you heard Brad actually interesting say two to six months. He said that in May. I think that was in May when he said that, right? And then he came back and said, I think we'll get a ruling before the end of the third quarter. Well, six months from now would have put us in October The end, at that time in May. And the end of the third, third quarter is, again, the end, you know, September. So I think he knows as well that the judge has to go in front of him. And it seems like he's been very consistent in thinking she'll make a ruling before that September uh, Congress appearance that she'd have to make if we don't have a ruling absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And the big news out of today is that Ripple is going to be enabling their CBDC product. Putting out a tweet yesterday talking about how some of the world's largest central banks are currently piloting on Ripple CBDC. We're going to play this brief clip here and go back to the group. Here we go. Um, My immediate reaction is uh, I think there's some more education needed in the marketplace. I think um, there's a lot of discussion around a CBDC, what it is, what it isn't. You know, is it the government going to be spying on citizens, all this kind of thing. So I think there's a education required at the end of the day you know i think the federal government um you know trumps uh, state governments in in this but i think really i don't think the citizens have anything to be concerned about you know cbdc is a digital representation of fiat currency uh, it's likely to get implemented in pretty much every country around the world it's coming there are going to be some great advantages to it great use cases that will uh, you know, people will get benefit from. So uh, I see news like that. I think, okay, well, this will probably you know, disappear when people get a bit smarter, a bit more educated about what's really going to happen. A bit smarter and a bit more educated. Some interesting choice of words there, Johnny. And with the narrative of CBDCs going mainstream, JP Morgan is also expanding its coin system to include the European payment system. And the only reason I thought that that was relevant with Ripple's article is because while the world is debating how are we going to adopt these currencies, 
we're talking about if XRP is a security or not. So JP Morgan has taken it into their own hands. They're going into Europe, expanding and changing the banking system. How do you feel about Ripple CBDCs going live on the same day? Well, I mean, I think that's where the battle is going to be personally between you know you and me. I think you've got JPM and their system, and then Ripple's got a whole entire system. And, and it's really going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out, you know, because it seems like the XRPL and the ODL, you know, piece of it or functionality of it is really what would solve a major world cross-border payment solution problem. How JPM's coin solves that, I'm not necessarily so sure, you know, if they're direct competitors or if it's something that could work on top of the rails. So that's kind of the thing we, we haven't, you know, there isn't much about the Onyx system out there and it's not something you and I can invest in or, or the general retailer can invest in either. So the JPM thing doesn't get me that excited. But but it's definitely going to have a piece of the I think it's going to play a big role in what the system looks like in the future. Billy, we had a great conversation yesterday because the digital pound came out and said that they would like their CBDC to be interoperable with decentralized assets. What immediately came to mind is when people launch these CBDCs, they're not going to be able to hold more than 20,000 in their account. They're going to have to spend that money somewhere. You're going to have a certain set of people who are going out buying Gucci shades, buying new shirts, buying new cars. You're going to have the other said set of people Put it into real estate, put it into businesses, put it into other decentralized assets. So the question I have for you with all the CBDC news is, do you think these CBDCs could be a catalyst for decentralized currencies like XRP, like Ethereum, like ADA? Uh, it just depends on how it lays out. That's a great question. man. Um, I don't think anything's, especially with the system that we're in, I don't truly believe that anything will ever be decentralized, just to be honest, the way the government is and the way everything works. And just think about it, man. Think about how powerful J.P. Morgan is. And we'll, I'm going to go into conspiracy and a little backstory. J.P. Morgan was was there who started or was supportive of the Federal Reserve, right, when the Titanic went down. That's how the look what happened when the Titanic down went down, who was on the Titanic and what happened with the Federal Reserve afterwards. Now look what's going on. J.P. Morgan still controlling everything still making all the moves still setting everything up and it's crazy how everything's happening with the little yellow submarine down at the bottom of the ocean with the titanic you know and now we have these new cbdc's coming out these new currency coming out it's just there's a lot of correlation so i think at some point everything's held in control somewhere we're just playing the game you're muted Thank you, Billy. Sorry, I got stuck in the background there, guys. And we got 193 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, you want some details about this JPM coin? Here are some important details to note. JP Morgan has reportedly expanded its blockchain-based payment system to include a euro-denominated transactions for corporate clients. JPM coin went live with European transactions on Wednesday, and German tech company Simmons conducted its first European transaction on the platform. JP Morgan was initially launched in 2019, just 10 days before Ripple was sued by the SEC. Now, that's not in this article, but I'll add that for our listeners. The European expansion comes as the JPM coin processed over 300 billion, 300 billion in transactions to date. You want to talk about adoption right there, Johnny? This is why they sued Ripple, and this is why Ethereum is getting a free pass. Companies like JP Morgan are more than willing to use this product. What do you think about this latest update? Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's kind of what I would would have assumed and figured. And you're just going to, you know, it talks about the transactions being tiny. It is now, but it's going to grow. It's going to get bigger. And to me, you know, they're going to have a, pay, a place to play in the system. There's no doubt, zero doubt in my mind that you'll be hearing about the JPM coin from, from here on out. What's sad is we can't really invest in it. To me, that's part of the issue that you would risk, you know, the, the general retail uh, investor could have a piece of it, but it's not going to happen. So 
you know, you look at you look at other systems, and you know, you had a great picture up there that was uh that you put up earlier where it showed like BTC being store of value and 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 XRP being the unlocking the internet of value, and that's really yeah that one right there. That's really how you should go into it and looking at what are the values that these different different cryptocurrencies uh, provide and how do they play out and what can you invest in. And to me, both of them, you know, now, now obviously a lot of people bashing, you know, Bitcoin, and I get it. There's going to be a lot of haters, but the reality is, whether you hate it or not, guess what, boys? It is probably the most um, best chance for some decentralization to live, no matter how hard they try to kill it. I think you're going to see that Bitcoin can can survive that. And so for that, how is it? My bad. How is it decentralized though? If we don't know even know who started it and who the main wallet belongs to, I think from that from that perspective, I'm not sure if that's as critical as just how the system and the code behind it operates, Billy. And we had a guy. We didn't have a guy, but Abs played a video of a guy, and I love that video. If he has it, we should play it for you so you can hear it. But he talks about the system. And how hard it is to actually hack and how to penetrate it. Even if you had 51% control of the network, it would still reboot and kick you out. And it was so powerful. It just shows you that it truly is kind of its own living thing. And it's probably the hardest thing to take control over and take down. And for that reason, that provides a certain level of decentralization that gives people confidence to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this really is the only kind of system I can play in if I want to play in the decentralized space. It's still we hard should. to fathom. It's just still hard to fathom. Yeah, we, we don't, we don't know who create like this company. If you brought this company to the stock market, stock market and try to IPO it, it wouldn't happen. Completely different. And I hundred percent agree with you. Like agree. It but, but it's not right. It, that's I the know. whole point of we're talking companies versus technology. And it's a completely different thing. And you're absolutely right. If it was shady and nobody knew what was going on, or nobody would want to invest in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and listen, let's face it, Billy. We all know some, you know, some probably through that are agents. That's what makes me that's what makes me think, how can it ever be decentralized? Like that's that's my key part. At the top of it, how can it be decentralized or truly be decentralized if we don't know who that top person is and we don't know all that good information? Uh, yeah, I, I think the thing is people can look at the code. You can see how the code is written, you can see you know how it operates and how and what it's like to infiltrate and take it down. And again, I don't know if Abs has the video, but the guy actually just explained what it was like and how hard it would actually be and what would actually happen if you tried. You'd get kicked out, you'd get caught, you'd get arrested, and the system would reboot itself and, re- and restart again, and you'd be back in business. So to me, it, the code was written, I think, extremely well. Who wrote it? How it was done? You're right. All that is all uncertainty. But I think the reality is you've got this thing that's out there. It's existing. The world is using it, and everybody can examine the code and see what's happening. And I think that's what gives us some confidence. And with that being said, guys, here's a little evidence about how the SEC is giving up a free pass, not just to Ethereum, but to Chinese companies in our country. This is very interesting. Everybody should remember that last week, Prometheum was basically given a free pass by the SEC. They were gifted the first broker license to sell crypto assets in the United States, but nobody had ever heard of this company before. So we're going to draw some details here. Kick it right back to the group. Here we go. Prometheum has is we have SEC qualified tokens. Now, what does that mean? When you do a Reg A plus offering and any sort of public offering in the United States, the SEC either has to qualify or register those securities. And it's a bit of a process. It takes four to six months. But what that means is it basically opens up 
all the possibilities to you because what you allow for is tokens that are available to all investors and free trading on the secondary market once listed on an ATS. And I would argue that that's the holy grail that's necessary in order for the token economy to flourish. Next, let's look at our issuance platform. So on the issuance side, you have a potential issuer and they basically want to offer a token compliantly under the federal securities and laws in the United States. They fill out a Reg A plus offering and they get it qualified by the SEC, which is not, it's weird because qualified essentially is tacit approval of the offering. When the SEC gives its tacit approval, its qualification, that token becomes free trading and available to all investors. And again, that's super important for this economy to flourish. How is Promethium going to list companies on its ATS? Where are we going to get companies from? A ATS, meaning an exchange, an alternative trading system, which is the equivalent of an exchange, needs an issuer pipeline. You need product by which to list on your platform. The second part of our issuer pipeline, oh, there we go, is uh, Wangzhang related entities. Uh, Prometheum's lead investor and technical co-founder is a company called Wangzhang Shanghai Blockchain, uh, which is probably the largest and most capable block of blockchain company in the world. And they've invested in a multitude of companies that are part of their network that they anticipate listing on the Promethean platform uh, to do an issuance and then to list uh, on our secondary market. And what's wonderful there is that the quality of their projects is immaculate. It's a wonderful product pipeline. The second the quality of these Chinese products and these Chinese coins is immaculate, Johnny Crypto. And there's a lot that we could get into there. But I think it's more important to actually address this because recently, a former advisor for Ripple, Michael Barr, who's currently working at the Federal Reserve, met with the ECB Lagarde, uh, the chief of the ECB, Christine Lagarde here. And obviously, they're talking about global finance. So there's a lot of connections we can draw. But let's actually take a approach here. Zuckerberg and Zuckerberg, Elon Musk will soon be fighting this week. And I just want to spend a little bit of time on this, Johnny. Elon Musk has been talking big game when it comes to fighting this man. But anybody who follows Mark Zuckerberg knows he's been training jujitsu for quite a while. So, Billy, it's Conspiracy Friday. First question I have, will this fight happen? Second, who do you think will win? I can't hit my unmute button. My bad. Uh, will it happen? Ah, bro, you know, they talk a lot of hype. I was still waiting for Andrew Tate and, and Jake Paul. Uh, this could be just a lot of pump, you know, to, to promote. But at the end of the day, if it happens, I will absolutely 100% buy that fight. 100%. Just to see the shit show happen. Uh, I like Elon. I can't stand Zuckerberg. But if you guys haven't done your uh, stalking of Zuckerberg like I have, the dude is legit. Like, he just he's won a couple tournaments. He, he's, he's a legit guy. Elon, on the other hand, uh, I love the guy. I think he's part alien. I think they're both part alien, just to be real. Uh, Elon, though, 51, uh, he's as pasty as me and about 200 pounds overweight. Zuckerberg, man, he's nice, fit, got a good tan going on, and he's 39 years old. So I got my money on Zuckerberg, even though I like the bird better. Johnny, just give me your quick thoughts, and then we're going to move into a new Coinbase article. As Coinbase could soon be listing D-Chain. Yeah, three letters for you, baby. WWE. That's all it is, baby. And it's just going to be another big payday if it happens. I don't know if it's going to, but that's all. It's just going to be like when what's his name? What the hell was the name of the guy? Uh, Conor McGregor fought, fought uh, Floyd Mayweather, right? It was a complete dud. And so, you know, I, but but yes, I agree with Billy. The the martial artist guy is most like Elon going to get his. I like Elon from that perspective between those two. If I had a way, what I want to see win. But it ain't going to happen. And if it does happen, 
Elon going to get his ass kicked, probably get put in a stranglehold or something, and it's going to be over pretty quick, Abs. Uh, I don't want to see that fight happen, to be honest with you. And getting back to our crypto news here, Johnny, I agree with you. I'm going to take Zuckerberg in that fight, although I hope Elon Musk would win. But here's some big news out of Coinbase. Coinbase re- uh, reports increased corporate adoption of blockchain, specifically within the United States. The state of crypto adoption and corporate adoption reveals that 52% of Fortune 100 companies have made crypto, blockchain, or Web3 effort since the start of 2020. It was found that approximately 60% of Fortune 100 initiatives since the beginning of 2022 are in the pre-launch stage or have already launched their crypto adoption. 83% of the surveyed 500 executives were familiar with cryptocurrency or blockchain and said their companies are going to or have planned initiatives to move into cryptocurrencies. These figures down here demonstrate the planned adoption of cryptocurrency over time. And this was an article I found yesterday. The great accumulation has begun when it comes to Bitcoin, Johnny. We're not just talking about digital assets here, but BlackRock stated they're going to be launching an ETF. We had Fidelity, Citibank, all these different companies coming out of the woodworks. What do you think is going on here? Are we about to see the mass accumulation of Bitcoin begin? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're we're in the process of everything starting to move in the position for that to happen. And look when it's about ready to happen, Abs. How convenient it's about ready to happen before the next halving. You don't think that the smart money doesn't know that there's a halving coming next year and that typically there's a bull run, subsequent bull run that happens that drives prices high? And you don't think they're not setting things up now and getting in position to be able to capitalize on that? I mean, that's that's what I would guess. And obviously, all of us here don't need to worry about that because we're all here early enough and we're, we're expecting that. You know, you may not be invested in BTC, right? But the way I'm thinking about it is, Money's going to flow into BTC first, no question about it, okay? But then as we've seen, then money will then tend to flow into the altcoins secondly. And so that's what everybody's waiting for and getting excited is the more money that flows into Bitcoin, eventually some of that when it goes up is going to pump out and then flow into the altcoins. And that's why I think people are excited. And to me, the benefit of, of this happening is you'll kind of get that that overflow. You know, it's like it's like I always say. A high tide right raises all boats. And I think this is going to be a huge high tide for the cryptocurrency market. And when you think cryptocurrency, they're kind of all somewhat bundled together. You've got BTC and the altcoins all linked in. And I think you'll see that that flow happen as always. Well, BlackRock's not just excited about Bitcoin, Johnny. They also came out in support of tokenization this week, stating that they believe this could be one of the largest catalysts for the crypto market going forward. And we're yet to see institutions start leveraging what is happening but guys we got 239 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and check out this latest blackrock article as blackrock's head of strategic partnerships thinks that institutional adoption of tokenization may take take longer than expect but in the long term it will be a monumental shape in our economy and this reminds me of the kevin o'leary quote we saw where he said that crypto is becoming the 12th sector of our economy 12 months later we got blackrock joining on board BlackRock's hedge of strategic partnerships thinks that institutional adoption of tokenization will be slower than expected in the short term, but in the long term could be monumental. We need to work with good actors and good infrastructure so that we can become a self-reinforcing when the money and adoption comes in. We've talked about XLM before, Bitcoin adoption here, but Johnny, who do you think they're going to begin tokenizing on? Is it going to be Ethereum? Is it going to be XLM? What do you believe? That's a great question, man. Again, like like I've said all along, I don't think there's going to be any one particular dominant um, blockchain that's going to win out the gate. I think, again, you'll see a compilation, a mix, a bunch of silos of all these different uh, blockchain technologies rushing to be the winner, to be the holy grail 
of the tokenization effort. So in the beginning abs, I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be broken all over the place. And I think XLM will be a, a piece of that, a, a big piece of it. To be honest, Ethereum will have a piece or smartly, you know, some layer twos. But to me, that's why, again, this is where you want to be making sure that you're doing your research, diversifying your, your holdings and making sure you've got some of these tokens that can lead to tokenization. And so for me, XLM is one of those that I, I personally like. And I've got that one in my in my stable apps. Well, Johnny, here's what's really interesting with the ETF news being released. I know we showed this yesterday, but I think our listeners need to be aware. Check out what happened to gold right after they released an ETF for the product. We went from about four, $400 per ounce of gold all the way to $1,800 per ounce. And that was only in a seven-year period. You apply that to Bitcoin and we could see something historic, Johnny. If we're looking at $70,000 Bitcoin right where this green bubble is here, God only knows the heights we could reach. So when we hear guys like Mark Yusko say 250000 half a million dollar Bitcoin, it seems like an ETF would play a huge factor. What do you believe? Well, I'm not so sure I would say 70000 there. You'd have to look at if they, if they launched the ETF, let's say, in the next few months, and we're sitting at around a 30000 BTC, you know, maybe a logical Forex from there puts you around 100000 120K. And we've heard many people saying six-figure BTC is coming. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. If all this is planned and coming right around the time of the halving, you get all, like I said yesterday, the perfect storm. Imagine if you had the BTF approval, the halving, regulation that then says, you know, uh, institutions can come into this space. And if the printing presses were turned on too, oh, forget about it. You know, then we're going into the 200,000. But I don't think all four of those things, the perfect storm isn't going to happen. But I think some of those will. I think you'll have the BTF approval for BlackRock by then. I think you'll have um, the having we know is coming. So you'll have that. And then you're going to have a liquidity burst from all, you know, I think a lot of people wanting to go into the BTC, BTC ETF when it's blessed by the SEC and BlackRock gets its approval. You know, those things are going to drive liquidity into this space. And for me, everybody talks about, you know, why isn't XRP more? Why isn't this? Because there's no liquidity right now. Money's just kind of, you know, it's not moving right now. There's not, everybody's tight. The rates are really high. So, Oh, that's the other thing that could happen. If rates start coming down too, that'll help as well, right? So if we start to see rates coming down, BTC happening, BlackRock gets its approval. Oh man, I totally think we're going to see six-figure BTC next year. Not super high six-figure. I think we break the hundred thousand threshold threshold next year if those three three things all come together at the same time next year before the having. And while we're talking about Bitcoin and, and the adoption of a Bitcoin ETF, we've got even bigger news coming out of Ripple this morning. Ripple's CBDC platform has officially went live, enabling real-time settlement between banks. And Wallace, one of the key members at Ripple, said that with the coincide of a public launch of Ripple's CBDC platform, governments, central banks, and financial institutions will have their opportunity to launch their own digital currency. The platform leverages the same blockchain and underlying technology as the XRPL in order to manage accounts and settlement transactions. Wallace said that the platform focuses on enabling three core factors of CBDCs, settlement for cross-border transactions, facilitating domestic payments, and interbank settlement, sometimes referred to as a wholesale CBDC. Ripple is already working with several governments on these CBDC initiatives and said that this will provide the countries with greater access to their financial system. So like we like to say, banking the unbanked. What are you guys thinking? Let's start with Billy. Oh my, me, but this, this is awesome, man. Uh, this is something we've been saying for a long time that was going to happen. And that's what 
that's something that Ripple does and nobody else does. I mean, they do it faster, cheaper, and better than anybody. Um, as a company, it'd be, especially with the banking system, I don't know if you guys, have, I know Johnny has, but if you've ever tried to transfer large sums of money, it's, it's very difficult. Um, the fact that all these banks are in the background doing this, I mean, you, we've said it forever. You can't look at what they say. You got to look at what they do. And they've been partnering this whole time. And uh, this thing's going to be huge, man. And Johnny, the most important detail here is it's not starting in America. This whole initiative is starting in Hong Kong. We've got Hong Kong starting the tokenization and CBDC process. That ties into the narrative we've seen with Ethereum. Why are we giving Hong Kong this portion of our economy? We're just handing them this money. I really don't understand. Maybe you do. As Yosko says, the question is more important than the answer. None of us have the answer to the question, but the speculation would lead you to believe that we know whatever caused the SEC to go after and push, you know, put the lawsuit on Ripple. Obviously, the intent was probably to delay or prevent them from doing the U.S. So to me, that's the answer. Because that delay happened, they said, okay, we can't start in the U.S. No problem. We'll start outside. So who's willing to take us? And we know Japan, Hong Kong, Asia, uh, Singapore, huge, huge, huge advocates of XRP and Ripple, which I think is good because it's going to let them, you know, put their put give Ripple a place to for any for for any technology to happen, apps and adopt. You need to have uh, some place to start, some country to give you a chance, right? And we know that the Palau, they've already started in Palau, they've already got the CBDC running there. And now you're seeing in, but it's a small country, right? It's a little speckle. You can't even, if you went on a map and you typed in Palau, you don't even see it on the on the map. It looks it's like only 20,000 people. 20,000 people. It's a little speck of dust on the map. You shake it up, you're like, oh, that was just yeah. dust. Didn't you know, Japan so say by 2025 all their banks are going to be using Ripple? Yeah, they said it a long time ago. So long, yeah, yeah, that was an old article. And that was more of a kind of like a, you know, a rah-rah, you know, kind of exciting news article that came out. Hey, everything's going to But is it true? But is well, it true? I know. Uh, no, not true. Remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Crypto Arion, and we we showed our listeners an article about how XDC was going to be the chosen currency and not XRP. Yeah. Well, let's draw a little bit of details here. This is some good news out of Hong Kong this morning. Um, Ripple said that the vice president of central banks for engagement, that his firm is working with a project backed by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority to explore CBDC-powered lending and supporting of tokenization when it comes to real estate as collateral. You're seeing these three different elements of Web3 come together. You've got the ability to tokenize your property and then actually take out a loan against that using the DeFi lending protocol. And this is something we've talked about for a long time. When banks start leveraging cryptocurrency for these new opportunities, that's when the floodgates open because the institutions understand this is coming. How about to close this out here, Johnny? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, to me, that's what I think the banks are figuring out is how do we custody your crypto so that we can loan? Think about right now, what do the banks do with your money? They take your money and they loan it up, right? At 10x, 10 to 1 or whatever the, the ratio is that, the, that they're allowed to do. I'm sure they're trying to figure the same thing. Is How do we then do the same thing? How do we custody your crypto? And what do you think a bank's going to do when it's sitting on your crypto app? you think it's going to sit there and hold it for you and not loan it out? No, they're going to loan it out. So I think that's what's going to happen. It's just right now, go and talk to your bank. Go into your bank today. And say, hey, I want to buy some cryptocurrency. The, the teller, the cashier, the cashier is going to look at you like, what? Sorry, I didn't understand you. Can you repeat that? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they don't have a freaking clue, right? I went, to my bank. I went to my bank when I wanted to transfer cryptocurrency and, and do a, a transfer. And uh, the ladies go, what's the, you know, they ask you whenever you do a wire transfer apps. I don't know if people know if they ask you what's the purpose. What are you doing? 
So, you know, if you, I said I was doing a cryptocurrency investment. She's like, what? What's that? And she looked at me like I was a criminal. And, you know, I'm like, no, no, no it's just an investment. You know, don't even, by the way, don't even say the word crypto in a bank, okay? If you go, just oh. say you want to do an investment. That was my first learning, my biggest mistake using that word, Abs. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, they'll kill your wire. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Gonzo was talking about it. Was it Gonzo? Somebody tried to do a wire yeah. in crypto. They, like, banned his account. He couldn't do it. It, like, it was brutal. They tied up his yeah. money. And my bank, actually Chase Bank, I was I was doing the transfer to buy some gold and silver from our people at, uh, in the academy at ITM. And when I went outside, this is crazy. I went outside the door of the bank and something happened with crypto. One of my coins went up, man. I just I threw my hands like that. I was excited. I'm not, dude, my hands, my lips to God's ears. I got in my Jeep and the bank manager came out to my car and was doing this. And he was like, hey, can I ask you a question? Why were you so happy, you know, when you left my bank? I was like, oh. My crypto just pumped, man. I made some really good money. And I just did a wire transfer and they killed my wire transfer. That was the second time I'd been up there because the, the first time they messed up and didn't put a, the last number of my routing number on there. So they killed that transfer. And then I came up there the second time to get it done. And then when I came out the bank and he come and approached me, my wire got killed then. bro. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not surprised. So I'll, I'll tell you a similar story. So we went and when we were creating Merlin, we tried to create a bank account <laughs> for it. And they opened the bank account. And then like, I guess they do a review like a few weeks later and they found out, you know, oh, you, you do crypto? They're like, no, 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 we're just a tracker. Like, oh, no, no, you got the word crypto there. Boom, close the account down. Took what? our bank account away. Yeah, they took our bank account away, dude. <laughs> It's uh, you can't you can't have the word crypto in there. It's freaking crazy. They don't they don't understand it yet. But abs, this goes to what we've been talking about. Fast forward two years from now, everybody and their mother's gonna know about crypto. The problem is, if you wait till then to get into crypto, well, uh, you missed the boat. The, the high the high tide will already be here, and it's just gonna be too late at that point. But the good news is nobody in this and on this channel or in this chat room has to worry about that because if you're listening to this show. That means you're probably already invested in crypto and you're a step ahead of 95% of the world. Guys, 5%, 5% of the world, five, is invested in crypto right now. You are in the 5%, folks. Congratulations. You're a 5%er. Yep. And guys, let's start off with this very interesting video here. This is a video of Ethereum's founder, Vitalik Buterin, not only meeting with Vladimir Putin, but this man speaks Chinese and he speaks Russian. So we can talk a little bit about that afterwards. But here's a short clip on the founder of Ethereum. And arranged for Vitalik to meet one of Putin's powerful surrogates, Tatarstan President Rustam Minikhanov. So I probably shouldn't play this because many of our listeners are on audio and it's all it's all text on screen. But what's interesting about this clip is he's describing how everyone at this table is we're advocates of all blockchains. But specifically, we want to build on top of yours, Vitalik. So why don't you explain to me how we can make some money and never have to worry about regulators? That's what this conversation was about. And of course, it took place in not English. I don't know what language they were using, Russian or or Chinese or Romanian, whatever the hell they were using. Aliens. But what he's talking about is the future of digital assets is going to be run through Vitalik. And they already knew this back in 2014. So Billy, let's start with you. Dude, this is crazy. Everything's always planned out, man. They already know, they always know what they're going to do before they do it. We're just the sheep that, you know, are kind of been fed to the lambs. But 
with this, is it true? And I'll ask you guys because you guys always know before I do. Was Hinman's son linked to Vitalik? Yes. Yes. Wow. So Man. his son, his son was an advisor for a firm wow. out of China. And that firm specifically builds on Ethereum. And now there's all these connections. So bro, you can't make bro, this stuff you up, can't really? this shit really? up, bro. Like it's, it's all linked, man. If you just connect the dots, it's crazy. It's all planned out. They've known about it for years. This, this is just wild. Johnny Crypto, let's actually get a quick comment here because VeChain has been added to Coinbase's roadmap. Think about this right here, my friend. VeChain could soon be added to Coinbase. And this is exciting because VeChain is a project that people are very skeptical about. They say the partnerships don't really matter. It's not listed on any major exchanges. But as I went and did some research, I found this comment under here that this has been up since June 10th of 2020. I'm not sure. Maybe one of our listeners can correct me here, but we could soon see VeChain on Coinbase. Could that be a big catalyst for the currency? Uh, you know, I've seen coins getting listed on exchanges and nothing happens or they get a one day pop and then it's over. So no, for me, if I had to guess that that's not significant in my opinion, for me, the significance would be the validation of the partnerships and more importantly, beginning to see the utilization test trials of the technology. And the big thing when it first came out was, oh, they're partnering with Walmart and they're partnering with a couple of the big companies. And then like people started saying, no, that's not true. They're not real. So that's the real question is how real or legit are these relationships? You know, we've heard a lot of times what we've learned over the years is, you know, you hear, you hear like, for example, oh, Amazon's partnering with this person. But then you find out later, well, the reality is they just paid Amazon to kind of say that or they paid them to be a partner. So it's different. If you're being paid, if you're paying to be a partner, that's not significant to me. But in the case, like if Amazon is going after you, like I think with AVAX or which one was where they wanted to partner with them. Amazon said, we're picking you. That's a different story. And that's the kind of news and and that's the kind of uh, connections you want to be seeing and hearing about VeChain, you know, seeing that these other big companies are, are, are picking them up. Right, Billy? Yeah. You know, VeChain, I don't know if you guys, uh, VeChain is, is awesome, man. With my experience in operations management and inventory, inventory control, VeChain, if it does what it says it does, Amazon will, Amazon will, always use it. Like, it's just one of those things. If the relationship is real and the partnership is real, there's no way that they don't use it. The inventory tracking part of it is amazing. Uh, like you said, though, I don't know if the relationships are real. I know just like other companies do it, they pay for the commercialization and, and pay for that. Nine times out of 10, though, what Amazon likes to do is they like to just completely take companies over or buy them out. And I don't know how that works with VeChain or, you know, the, the process that would happen to go with it. But I know Amazon likes to gobble people up and, and have some kind of control. But as far as VeChain, man, the, the technology behind it is unreal. Like there's even parts where you can go in and if you buy something, if you buy some food, you scan the barcode on it and it will tell you exactly the supply chain and everybody that it touched yep. from the time that it came. If the plastic came out of the ground, you're going to know where it came out of the ground. That <laughs> part is amazing. It's scary, but it's amazing with that concept being said. If that's out there to track the products, just imagine how they already do us, man. Hey, Abs, what is the uh, what is the price on that? I can't see the prices. Oh, on the it's one it's one cent, one point eight cents, which is which is relatively low for V Chain. But while we're on the price chart, let's actually zoom out and take a better look at this thing. I I'd like to uh, let me just I butchered that there. I'd like to get to the all time high here. I actually got to close the screen. I messed this up, Johnny. Sorry about that. Um, give me one second for our listeners. No, you're good. Don't worry about it, man. It's all good, brother. Yeah, take your time. Yeah, take your time. 
It's not like we got a show to do or anything. <laughs> All of our listeners, we love you guys. So we went up to 25 cents at the peak of the bull run in April of 2021. That was the same time that XLM and XRP were running as well. But now we've completed our 90% regression, reaching a bear market bottom of actually just, just above a penny here, Johnny, at about a penny and a half. And here we're recovering pretty quickly. But one thing I'd like to highlight about VeChain is that clearly we have finished a bear market regression. This isn't a project where you're sitting there waiting for that final leg down. VeChain is more than enough had a bear market, been, been in a bear market for a long enough time. I, it's not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I've been in this project since 2019, and this is one that continues to bring positive news. VeChain sponsored by the UFC, or VeChain sponsors the UFC. We always talk about programming, subconscious programming on our channel. This is in front of millions of people every single day. So when they do get onto these platforms, subconsciously, they're going to see VeChain and be like, that looks familiar. Maybe I'll throw some money in there. It's another reason that they could be performing. Especially well. like logistics companies. You know, once once they understand what it does and the technology behind it, and how do they find out about it? They watch the UFC fights, bro. That's, yeah. that's amazing marketing. And there is a huge unmet need in this space for companies to be able to track the logistics chain, right? Supply oh, chain. Right. This is huge. There's huge cost savings potentials here, abs. And yeah. the, and it's not just VeChain doing this, by the way. There are other companies, another, another popular one out there, that some of you might have heard of is Morpheus and Morpheus has a, a supply chain, a uh, similar kind of thing. And again, to me, like, see, this is where I go back to, I don't know who's going to win apps. Is Morpheus going to win it? Is VeChain going to, I don't, I don't care. They could all, I, they could both win. Like you said, I put them both in my bags. Cause I say, I look at it and say, okay, for, for cross-border payments, these are the companies that do it. All right. I'm going to put a few of those in my bag, you know, for gaming, these are the company to do it. I put a few of those in my bag. For for a supply chain, okay, you know these two are the bigger ones. Okay, I'm gonna put those two in my bag. You you put a few of those in your bags. You do the put two to five hundred dollars, and then you set it and forget it, and that's it. Kind of, and that's how I'm playing it. Now nobody has to play it that way. I'm not a financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Don't do what I say. Don't do what I do. But that's just how I'm playing the game. Stacking away some of these for each one of these different sectors that I think is going to um, that's going to need a solution like this. And then you just kind of, you know, we wait. Now we just wait for all this stuff to happen. We wait for it to mature. We wait for that utility. We wait for that adoption. And it, and it's going to be, everybody thinks it's going to be a year or two away. No apps. Nobody's going to like this thing. But it takes multiple, many, many years. It took Bluetooth alone. It took like four to five years for us to figure out which one it was going to be the winner. And that finally became Bluetooth. And then it took another 10 years for everybody to adopt it and build it in. It takes time. For technology to really truly you know plan itself and become the one but nonetheless if you're patient and you put these things away and you have an exit plan by the way i think we forgot to tell people how to, where to get an exit plan but nonetheless if you have one somewhere down the road you can profit early on the speculation that happens now that happens now and then you keep a little bit in your bags for the moon when, when they take off later on Exactly, Johnny. And I do want to point out something else before we move on. VeChain has not been added to Coinbase. It's going to be added. They put up a listing saying that they plan on adding the currency to their to their exchange, which is pretty exciting. But obviously, that could be a coin that could be a coin that the SEC comes after, right? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't believe the SEC has stated it's an unregistered security. But if VeChain qualifies, I'm sure there are several others. We got another update out of Coinbase. Right now, as Fortune 500 companies want clarity in the cryptocurrency sector, a percentage, nearly 77% of the Fortune 500 executives state that blockchain could make the financial system more efficient. 
However, a greater percentage, 87%, stressed the importance for clear rules and regulations to sustain the technology. A majority of 92% of the Fortune 500 executives want policymakers to create crypto policy that will benefit us through regulation. This is huge news out of Coinbase. Johnny and Billy, I'd love to kick it to you. Huge. I mean, there you go. If this isn't evidence that smart money wants to come into space, I don't know what else you need to see, Abs. I just, I don't know. And by the way, I know everybody's bashing Abs' mic. Just so you know, Abs has the same mic he's been using since day one. But we put some software on his computer so you can hear the videos better. So we did that for you. And the videos are greater. And now we got a little static issue that we have to solve. So bear with us as we solve that problem. We're trying to make the show better for you all the time. So it's not that Abs doesn't want to get a new mic. A new mic might not even solve the problem, guys. But nonetheless, just to get back to the show, uh, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah. This, so this is proof right here. Big living proof. I don't know. <laughs> you got the largest executives saying, guys, give us clarity because I got this pile of freaking cash that I want to put in this space, but I can't put it in right now because if I put it in against the SEC, then the SEC is going to come after me. I may lose all my money, too much risk, blah, 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 blah. Guys, please get that when the clarity comes, abs. Oh, my God. It's going to, guys, we're going to see a party. like <laughs> We're going to see a, a high tide like we've never seen before in the crypto space. And, man, I'm excited for that when that day comes. You know, that's all That's all they're waiting for. That's all, all these big companies, that's what they do. They invest their cash flow, right? They don't want their cash flow sitting around. They want their money to work for them. And they know how shitty the dollar is and what's going on with the fiat system. They're begging, begging for somewhere to put their cash, man. And, it's, it's just crazy. This, this, like Johnny said, if this isn't a sign to tell you that it's here, it's coming, I don't know what else is going to, like she said, what was it, Rosie Rails said the train had left the building? That is a fact, man. That is such a fact. Yeah. Johnny Crypto, everyone's commenting about how Frogcoin is dominating all, but the markets overall are pumping heavily right now. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 31,300. 31, holy crap. Ethereum is 1900 uh, XRP is 49 cents. Cardano is almost 30 cents. But when we look at these price charts overall, XRP is one that I'd like to spend a little bit of time hey, Abs, on. Real quick, what's quant at? I'm just curious. With everything pumping is my favorite. Well, how's my uh, favorite? 105. Oh, 105. Okay. And Algo. Wow, Algo almost doubled, huh? Wasn't Algo at six cents a few weeks ago? Uh, I don't know. Or nope. maybe eight cents, I think yeah. it was. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty crazy, man. Algorand okay. is currently sitting at 30 cents this morning. And when we talked about the markets and why they're moving, we had so much ETF news this week, but the the freaking Rippleverse SEC lawsuit is what we should close this episode on because we got to talk about the price chart in particular, Johnny. Show me the chart. I'll tell you the news. XRP's price chart looks better than ever. And I don't know if I can find the graphic. Maybe I'll pull it up in the background. But yesterday we showed our listeners a chart of XRP and we overlaid the 2017 bull run on top of the 2022 price chart. They're almost identical. They look exactly the same. And what happened at the end of that price chart in 2018, we went from a fraction of a penny, Billy, all the way to $3.80. Now, David Schwartz says it was only $3 and Koreans pumped it up to $3.80. So let's call it $3. What do you think? Are we going to see something similar? Could the price chart move off the lawsuit resolution alone? We will. Uh, oh, go ahead, Billy. Sorry, bro. No, I, I, my bad. Uh, I was going to say it might move a little bit. I don't think we're going to have the movement that everyone's expecting. I, I think people's expectations on price for XRP is unrealistic just, just because of all the hype that all the influencers have been doing. Um, yeah, I think it'll pump just because there'll be a clarity. But when the actual utility and the money flows into it, that's that's when you're really going to see a price appreciation. Um Right now, the, the chart is set up beautiful. You got the U shape. We've broken out of the, the trend line down. This is called the ABCD U shape. 
Uh, once we get past that previous resistance, what do you have? Uh, the 120, 150 area, that's when things are going to get really exciting. Uh, when we get up there and we have a little pullback so we can have a launch. But you know what? Until we get that adoption, I don't even look at the XLP chart. I'm just I'm just waiting for all this clarity to get out of the way. And you just you just hold and wait, man. This isn't about watching the chart every day. I watch charts every day because I trade the stock market. In, in crypto, I don't. I just look at the news and see what's going on and find price points. So like if we have a bottom out, then I'm going to probably go get some. Right now, I'm not doing anything. I'm just waiting, holding steady to see what happens. And then we'll find out what move it, you know, we'll have to make. If it goes up, then we'll have an exit strategy. If it goes down, then we'll, know we'll probably buy some more unless we don't have clarity or anything like that. But we're at the point now where... In my opinion, we should have some answers and, and endpoints so we can actually make some decisions and see what's going to happen in this market. Billy, I could not agree with you more. We talk all the time about this price price point, uh, all the time when it's happening. We got this guy, Ken, out here saying XRP can't even get out its own way. To be honest with you guys, I don't give a crap what XRP is doing right now. I don't know why. I mean, other people have their own opinion, right? And you could do whatever. But like... 55 cents, 89 cents, dollar 10. None of that, that excites me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not even, I don't even care. I'm not even looking at it. I could care less what it does have. We got a high, major resistance, dollar 20. I don't care because until we're sitting around $10 where I'm going to start to get excited, talk to me when XRP is eight, nine dollars. Then I'm going to be excited, right? Now let's start. But I don't care if it breaks this or that because I'm what's called a hodler, right? I'm, I'm holding this long term because I know. That what I believe, what I believe I know I'm holding is something much bigger than a dollar or two dollars or three dollars or something. Now, do I want to play a little bit and maybe, you know, try to catch a high and sell low, use my exit plan? You know, if apps will tell people where they can get one sometime today, maybe they'll know how to do it too. But, you know, will I do some of that? Maybe. Do I want to risk that with my XRP though? I don't know, right? I may or may not. But when we start getting into the eight, nine, ten dollar range apps, then I'm going to be excited. Yeah, I'll start watching it every day. Yeah, right. Like you said, Billy, you don't even look. I don't abs. I don't even look at the XRP chart no more. I just know I don't. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm waiting for that. I just think like XRP is much better than a dollar eighty coin. It's a much bigger thing in my mind. So for me, like I these discussions, they don't they don't get me they don't get no. me as excited. And that's how that's how you get flooded out of the market too. You know, you have these True. expectations and you're looking, you have an expectation of a ten dollar coin and you're watching this thing hit fifty cents, fifty one cents, fifty two cents, you get your heart crushed when it comes back to forty seven cents. Not understanding that's part of the game. Like that's unless how you, you move. unless you understand what you're on and you exactly. know exactly. right, you know the game, you know where we're going, but you know we're so early that like why would you get footed out? Like, no. Yeah, you're, you know what you own may be the rails of the future. Why would I want to sell what could be potentially be the rails of the future at a dollar thirty? Well, here's, here's the thing: XRP's price chart is not something that's just going to continue to go up over time. And I think that if you Correct. have, okay, well, let me talk. If we have, if we have that set of, we're, I'm waiting, I'm waiting dollars. I don't give a crap about free. What happens? You're going to go up to three dollars, three dollars, and then you're going to watch it get drained back to fifty cents. So the reason that I like to put this. I guess realistic mindset in here and, and be appreciative of these lower price targets is because a dollar forty could be the end game for the short term. If we don't have utility coming into this market, we don't have tokenization, there's no reason that XRP is going to reach 10 bucks. So why are you going to tell people not to be appreciative of a dollar forty and sitting there and wait I'm for not 10 telling bucks? anybody? I'm I got they I'm saying for me personally, for me personally, I don't get but you are hundred percent right. 
that like you're right what you just described is a perfect scenario it can happen and people should have an exit plan so they can set those targets in there and go sell it i totally agree with you 100 abs you're spot on i'm just saying for me personally because i'm not playing that way i don't really care about these lower price targets but by all means if you're a trader or you're a swing trader you should definitely definitely be looking at those price targets i agree with you totally. absolutely yeah it all goes back to what kind of trader are you what, what are you looking for like are you looking for short-term games if, if you're looking for I trade XRP like um, like you collect baseball cards or you collect coins. Uh, I just get it for as low as I can. And Abs is absolutely right. If you're, and it depends on where you're buying at too. You know, if you're buying XRP at ten cents and it hits a dollar, I'm probably going to take some profits, man. That's some that's some good profit margins because we're going to have some pullback. And yeah, you know, if that's what you're trying to do, yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. And it's not that I don't believe we're not going to see ten bucks. I'm the guy who puts these titles together every day. XRP, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> XRP to $10. Let's go. I made that I've made that mistake in the past. And that's why I think it's important for me to highlight that. I, I watched XRP go to $1.90 in April of 2021. And I sat there very unappreciative. I remember calling my friend saying, This is the beginning. This is where it all starts. I don't want to see our listeners fall down that same rabbit hole. And Johnny, I'm not saying that's what you were promoting. I'm just giving the opposite end of that argument because I felt like what you were saying is don't get excited about $1.40. We're going to 10 bucks. And for somebody who's not informed, I think it's bad advice. So just to close us out, what do you think? Yeah, no, what I think is the what I think personally, the only reason why we're seeing these low prices right now is because we got the monkey at the back of the lawsuit on its back. I think when the monkey is off its back and it goes to whatever it goes through, dollar ten, dollar twenty, that finds its new bottom. I don't think we're ever going lower than that bottom. So what I'm afraid of is if you're telling people, oh, buy it, sell a dollar forty because you can buy back at fifty. No, I don't know if you're ever going to see fifty again when the lawsuit's gone. Which is why me personally, I just said it. I don't know if I want to risk my XRP because I don't know if the swings that we're getting now are going to be the same without the monkey on its back. Now, if the monkey's off its back and we come to 50, you're absolutely right. Then you know what? There's nothing different about this coin and you should definitely try to play it and trade it. I just don't know if we'll see those kind of lows once the monkey is finally off its back if it wins the case. And, and that's why I'm saying I don't know if I would want to be swing trading or risking a good chunk of my my. But again, if you bought it at ten cents and you want to sell some of a dollar, dollar, yeah, it's a ten x return. You I absolutely know. should, and you should use you know maybe use Merlin to set your. Exit I, I think just to be real, I think both of y'all are right. Just perspective. And, and it depends on your bag, right? If you have 100 XRP, of course, you're not going to be saying I'm going to sell it Correct. at 40. But Correct. if I let's say I had 100,000 XRP to make it real simple, I could sell 60 percent of my XRP at a dollar, have $65,000 in cash and still have 35,000 XRP in the market for if we do see a price explosion. Yeah. And just to be transparent with our listeners, that's what I did with Bitcoin. Before I even knew about altcoins in the beginning, I bought Bitcoin at 9,000. It went up to 55. I was following blockchain backer. I took a 65, 35 exit strategy and I rolled a lot of that profit into altcoins. And so I think that's something many of our listeners can apply. And guys, I just got to play this quick video real quick. The smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore. Thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached 
so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto, guys. And with that being said, we're going to talk about Merlin. But first, I got to play this video talking about the end of the Ripple ruling. Uh, let's talk about the Ripple lawsuit. Um, everybody's uh, in high anticipation of Judge Torres's uh, ruling. Um, you know, it could happen today, could happen next week. What are your thoughts? Um, do you think we hear something very soon? Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Mark Fagel, uh, who was on my crypto law show with Jeremy Hogan, um, former SEC, uh, like chief, regional chief, uh, a guy who knows the SEC in and out. Um, he, he said two interesting things. One, he said he thought the SEC should win, but he thinks that the SEC may lose. Um, I found that interesting. And he also said he he expects the decision any day now. Now I expected the decision before today. Mm. You know, I said that I wouldn't be shocked if it took you know through the summer, but I would be surprised if we were in June and it was still pending. And we're in June and it's still pending. Uh, so I'm also in the camp that we could get a decision today. We could get a decision next week. Uh, I've told XRP holders, I'm really, really confident that the worst case scenario is September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I, I say worst case because some people think it's going to be, you know, next year. Right. Yeah. There's some people. Well, if September 30th comes and she hasn't decided, she has to report herself to Congress mm-hmm. and say, I have been waiting to rule on this massively important decision for nine months and I'm still haven't done it. You know, no, it's like a, it's like a, think about that list as like a public shaming list, right? So that's just another reason judge Torres is probably going to be forced to make a decision before September 30th. So Johnny, with that being said, what are you thinking, man? How do you, how do you, Man, I'm really thinking that I got to we got to get Deaton back on the show because the question I want to ask John is while while I hear what he's saying that it would be like a shameless. The question is, is there exceptions to the shameless in a situation like this where you're talking about something that's so important to the whole goddamn world, something so big like this whole new industry that could be set and one person can make that decision. Maybe for her, it's not a bad thing to go in front of Congress and say, hey, in this case. You guys should be doing your job and creating this regulation. So, I, so, so I don't know. I would love to ask him. Do you think is that the one exception where she wouldn't look bad going in front of Congress and saying, "Look, this is a, this is a, this is a, a your issue. You guys need to create laws around what this means and, and not put it on the judicial system. The judicial system is not supposed to make laws. Abs. That's not how it works. The judicial system." is supposed to make a decision based on a law. But in this case, there's no law that kind of uh, surrounds this this um, this this topic. So I don't know. I would love to know how, I kind of wish we could have an attorney or judge that could, could tell us, you know, would that be such a bad thing in this one case since it's so unique and different? You know what I'm saying, guys? Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Because, I mean, 
she doesn't want to be the person that everyone looks at for the rest of the, the time in the history. Of, you know, you made the decision. Why not pass it off to Congress? I, I agree with Johnny. I'd love to ask that question and see if that is a possibility. And with the ripple ruling coming any day now, guys, I do think it's very important to keep in mind if the price begins to run, it could be a classic example of buy the rumor, sell the news like we saw with the him and emails a couple of weeks ago. We went from 50 cents to 56 cents and then quickly back down to where we began. So if we did get a ruling on this lawsuit and we went to 70, 80 cents, do not convince yourself we're going much higher. It's much better to start executing your exit plan and be prepared for the pullback. Because if these things go up, to make money. If they come back down, you're going to be stuck holding a bag. We got 306 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny and thank you to Billy. Another amazing episode. Be sure to smash that like button, guys. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Have a happy weekend.